Selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with none other than Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know what, Daryl? So much going on. Spring has sprung and the weather is changing. It means baseball. I know you're excited about that. And so many great things are unfolding. This is an exciting time in so many aspects. And we're glad you've joined us here today on the Selling for the Heart podcast for what is going to be a very powerful and practical discussion. I can't wait to introduce our guest here shortly. But as we get started today, Larry, one of the best things about this spring so far has been the Selling from the Heart Authentic Selling Intensive. This Authentic Selling Intensive group where we are taking a deep dive with uh, with a fantastic group of salespeople into um, habit consistency and heart capacity. Uh, wow, just wow. Incredible, Larry. It, it just goes to show everyone, Daryl, that the inner work, the inner work we do fuels outer success. And it's just been absolutely, first word that comes to my mind is mind blowing to actually see in the span of three, four, five weeks, the transformation of sales professionals that are doing the work, that are actually doing the work and seeing the results. It's just, it's just, it's so refreshing. Well, it's been so fantastic. And this was uh, just kind of the next logical step that a lot of people wanted to take at the end of the Authentic Selling Challenge. And so we've had so much fun with this first cohort that uh, we're going to do it again. And so it's going to be launching in early April. You can learn more online right now about how to take the next step in your journey with the 90-day Authentic Selling Intensive. Just go to intensive.2021authenticselling.com and you can learn more about how to be involved. You'll also see uh, some of our current folks just talking about their experience in it. And I tell you what, you don't want to miss this. By the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And one of the best ways to sell from the heart is to put a face with our message, not just dead text messages, boring emails, but to actually put a face to rehumanize our message. And Larry, our friends at BombBomb are letting us uh, do that with ease. And it sure is a lot of fun. Yeah. Here's the best part about it, Daryl, is to watch people who are so uncomfortable become comfortable just with the tonality and how they're leveraging video and how they're using it, not only beginning of the sales journey, but throughout the whole life cycle and even with fellow teammates. It's absolutely, what a great tool. So fantastic. So we've got a brief word from our friends at BombBomb, and then we'll dive into what is going to be a very interesting conversation today. Check this out. To sell from the heart is 
to rehumanize your business. Hi, my name is Ethan Butte, and along with my good friend Steve Passanelli, I co-authored Rehumanize Your Business. And when Larry and Daryl were kind enough to host me on the Selling from the Heart podcast to talk about Rehumanize, we were instantly connected. And it's because we have something very important in common, and I probably have it in common with you too, and that is a strong, strong preference for authenticity honesty, and sincerity throughout the sales process. Not just hitting the number, but hitting the number in the right way, in a way that we can be proud of, and in a way that makes our customers want to come back again, and come back for more, and come back with a friend or a referral or a recommendation as well, right? We want to sell from the heart, and something that can help you do that, something that can help you connect and communicate with people in a way that allows them to feel your sincerity is bomb bomb. BombBomb allows you to reach out with videos instead of faceless digital communication. Simple webcam and smartphone videos in emails, in LinkedIn messages, in Slack messages, in text messages from Salesforce, from BombBomb, from Gmail, from our mobile app. So many different ways to do it. And it's all available to you two weeks, no credit card information required, absolutely free at BombBomb.com slash heart. That's B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B dot com slash heart. I know you'll enjoy it. And more importantly, I know that the people you reach out to will enjoy it as well. Try it free today. Well, you got it. You owe yourself to give this a try. If you haven't already, bombbomb.com slash heart, send your first video to me or Larry, but I prefer you send it to me. No, give me, it me a first, try and you're going to love on. it. <laughs> it's going to be good. Uh, I tell you what, speaking of rehumanizing communication, sincerity, trust, and all of that, today's guest, Larry, is uh, just pure dynamite, lined up exactly with this topic. So why don't you introduce our friend, Jesse, and let's dive in. Oh, where do I start with Jesse Rothstein? So first of all, Daryl, I owe you the thank you because you're the one who introduced me to Jesse. And then we reached out. Um, he's got a great, great, great book, Carry That mm -hmm. Quota. Fantastic read. Yeah, it, we both have our copy. <laughs> but, but here's what's interesting. I think this is a first is not only do we have an author on, but we also have somebody who's in sales as well, who also carries that quote unquote bag, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and we're going to tie this in. Jesse, besides being the author, carry that quote is also the in, in enterprise sales for LinkedIn back east. So Welcome, Jesse Rossi. I'm going to say from the left coast to the right coast. Welcome <laughs> to Selling from the Heart. Thank you both for having me. It's great to have you here. And this is a, a fantastic book. And I look forward to unpacking some of the content and ideas in this. But you know the question that every guest on Selling from the Heart gets. And that is, Jesse, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Yeah, so I would say right out of the bat, right out of the gate, it's when engaging with your client, and you're having a conversation, um, you're thinking about that relationship, not only in that current conversation, but also for the next interaction and even for the distant future. Um, five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, will that rapport and will that relationship be established so that you can always go back to that client and they can always go back to you? And um, there's a sense of trust and a sense of you can help them and more importantly, they can help you. Um, thinking with the end in mind and every client engagement, I think is paramount. And I, I think that's really selling from the heart. Yeah, it, it's, it's so interesting. And, and I like how you went to the long-term approach to this, because I think so often that 
we as salespeople get so short-sighted because it's just what's happened forever in a day is we look at things from the lens of what am I going to sell this month, next month, and the following month, and we look at things in quarters. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay to have some of that short-term vision, but if we don't marry that short-term vision with long-term vision, it becomes then just a sale. And there's unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there just making this a sale. And guess what? Right now, people smell it. They smell it instantaneously when it's all about them and not about you. Totally agree. No, I, I totally agree. And um, you, know, you got to remember that, you know, a quarterly quota or an annual quota um, that's a predetermined metric that has been defined by time. And ultimately it's being measured by a sales operations group that is measuring a given amount of revenue over a you know 12 month period or a three month period. The reality is sometimes sales and customer relationships take longer or shorter within those time constraints. And um, you know, I think salespeople often, while there is a short sighted, quarterly or annual measurement system, um, you know, your legacy and the impression that you leave on your, your client, um, that lasts forever. And um, if you're selling with that, that long-term intent, I'm a firm believer that, you know, those small interactions, when you, when you add them up over time, they turn into really big things. Some cases they do fit in the, into the, uh, the quarterly or the annual constraints, that is a fiscal year, uh, and sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, we all have a responsibility, I think, to elevate not only ourselves, but the profession um, and, and take that long term approach. I, I just think it's the right thing to do, not only in business, but as a person. I think that's so powerful. And I'm, I'm just thinking back. And as you're as we're talking about this, I'm kind of looking back for me, it's 28 years of work in business and in sales and in business ownership, and which means you're in sales and all of that. And I don't know that when I was in my early 20s, A, I thought I would be here today. <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead. But right. as I look back, I'm able to see that those relationships that uh, I've built over the last 28 years have continued to, I mean, they're still there. The people are still there. And the, you know, the relationships, uh, dare I say, the friendships that we make along the way in business, if we have that mindset of saying, um, you know, of course, of course, I'm working to hit my quota. But really what I'm doing uh, at, on the long game is building a network of relationships that are going to become the foundation for my success, maybe a decade, two, three decades down the road. And I'd wish I'd had that perspective when I was younger. It's only been in the last uh, decade since I've gotten to know Larry that I think I've thought more about that long game. That's a really powerful perspective, Jesse. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. And, and I, I fully agree. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny how, um, you know, within sales and, and you both obviously are, are in the game and have been in the game for a while, but it's funny how, you know, there's all these systems to measure and all these, you know, platforms and CRMs and, you know, B2B marketing technology, but it's funny how often, you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, if there's a system to do this, but it's kind of more of a, a mental calibration is um, how many referrals or how many um, connection points are you getting a week or a month or a quarter where someone says, hey, you know, Daryl, you know, Larry, I, you helped me before and 
I think you might be able to help me again, or maybe I can help you. And people are kind of coming inbound to you because you've been a distributor or an enabler in a previous interaction. And mm-hmm. people view you as a source of knowledge or someone who can help solve a problem. I, I think that's a very undervalued thing in business and especially in sales that it doesn't get talked about enough. You know, we we talk a lot about, you know, hitting your outbound targets and your KPIs and your customer touches and your prospecting efforts. But what about referrals? What about facilitating and fostering conversations or doing things for other people, even if it doesn't directly affect you in that particular moment for your own benefit? Yeah, you you hit on something that's probably near and dear to just about every sales professional and sales leader that's listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast. And you use the acronym KPIs. Now, everybody knows it's key performance indicators. Right. And that's how a lot of salespeople are benchmarked. But I think to to help really reinforce what you were just saying, Jesse, is I would encourage everyone to start looking at layering inside of those KPIs, you know, something I often refer to as KAIs or key activity indicators. Mm-hmm. You know, what activities are you doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to gain those referrals, to build those new connections, to further, you know, entrench yourself into that client's business? And those are activity driven. And I think it, you know, if we can flip this on its head is I think too much of the emphasis is being placed on, you know, do the numbers, make the dials, hit the hit the benchmarks. But what activities are you doing every day to ensure that you're hitting those? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse, we are recording this. We're about to flip the calendar on a year of lockdown, home office, quarantine, all yes. these fun words that meant in the sales profession that any of us that were out face to face and, uh, you know, in, in all that, we made some massive shifts. We're a year into this now. It, uh, I don't know if we want to celebrate the anniversary of this or not. <laughs> um, but you know what? That one thing about this year is challenging as it has been. We've learned a lot. And I'm curious, I just want to unpack some of this together today and think about where are we right now in sales, especially in this quote unquote virtual environment. And what have we what have we what are we doing right? Where have we just blown it this last year? And what uh, what can we learn? So I'm curious as as you you know as we sit here now in early part of 2021 recording this, um, what's your take on the state of the union of the sales profession in the virtual world? So just real quick before you answer that, Jesse, I'm going to, I got a layer on top of what Daryl was saying. Can you, you know, based on your position and what yes. you, know, you know out there, can you, you know, take what Daryl had just said and, and just spin this in with some, you know, some of the statistics from inside your company and things like that, that can really give our sales listeners an idea then actually just reinforce some things for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say first and foremost, um, the B2B sales profession prior to the pandemic was getting harder for sellers. Um, you know, less sellers. I, I think about 65% of sellers don't make their quota every single year. So that, that was actually, I think, a Gartner stat. If it wasn't Gartner, it was CEB, but, you know, Gartner owns CEB, so it was, it was Gartner. Um, with that said, as we've gone remote, and as we've essentially all been forced to sell behind a screen, 
the amount of outreach, the amount of outbound activity, you know, email messaging, um, messaging on other platforms like LinkedIn, um, outbound sales cadence, sales activity has increased dramatically. Um, and the response rates continue to go down. So the ability for salespeople, so net new business salespeople that might be deemed account executives or relationship managers that are you know, managing existing contracts, but then trying to grow them, um, they're, they're probably seeing and realizing that their outreach to generate new conversations and get new meetings has probably increased, but their response rates have decreased. Now, I think one of the ways to solve that problem, and, and both of you, you know, preach about this and, and talk about it all the time, but um, from a data perspective, what we're seeing on the LinkedIn side of things is that content creation up 60% on the LinkedIn network. And it's probably up even more when you talk about other networks, you know, the, the Twitters and clubhouses and other things on the world. But this idea of the sales profession getting harder, outreach increasing, response time decreasing, what, what's the answer? How do salespeople solve that problem for themselves and their teams? And, you know, one thing that I'm a proponent of and, and our team at LinkedIn is trying to make an effort to do it. And I think all, all sales teams need to think about it, but also realize it that going forward, you know, as we continue to sell virtually, and then hopefully at some point in the future, we get back out and we can see people in person and we can shake hands and have in-person meetings. But salespeople will continue to need to be content creators as well as content distributors so that they are not only getting their name out there, but getting their company's name out there in a way that is telling a story and a narrative that hopefully is addressing the problems that their clients are facing. Um, so that was just a couple of things there. I, I don't know if there's one you want to dive into more, more deeply, but that's, yeah. Yeah, there, there's, Daryl, you know what, what really intrigues me with what Jesse said is content distributors and content creators. Now, if we look at this through the lens of a sales professional for just a moment, they're not going to have much of an issue, Jesse and Daryl, with, you know, distributing content. There, right. there, there's enough content out there that it's, you can find that you can distribute it quite easily for the sake of this, you know, conversation. But I think where, where a lot of sales professionals and, and coach us through this, Jesse, are, are going to like, they're going to go, whoa, wait a minute, is what do you mean now I have to become a content creator? What the heck does that mean? Yes, yeah, so I, th I think it means a couple things. I, I think first and foremost, um, the old adage that people want to deal with interesting people, um, you know, that's not going away. And, you know, as as salespeople, as, as content creators and, 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 you know, you coming across as a thought leader and someone who knows about your client's business and someone who wants to share a perspective, um, yeah, I think the content creation play for salespeople can happen in a number of ways. I, I think first and foremost, um, taking a position on something and writing about it, um, whether that's a, a formal post on a social platform like LinkedIn, um, or, or just you know developing a, a blog or a voice on on a platform like Substack. Um, but taking a position and, and being forthright about it and and making an effort to share your perspective and, and your guidance. Um, I think the other thing, which you guys alluded to earlier, and, and I know you both are, are fans of it, but, um, you know, 
video creation and it doesn't necessarily have to be live video um it, it could be you know filmed video um you know we all essentially can and should be in the tv production business or, or i'd argue the podcast production business where you can record stuff with an internet connection and a webcam or a microphone um to share that perspective um interview your clients interview your your prospects interview thought leaders in the space um, but you're you're day trading for people's attention, right? So you're trying to do things that engage them in ways that separate you, so that when they're in choosing, you know, to who to engage with from a selling perspective, you are providing a different lens and you're providing some different thoughts in the form of content, video, written, or audio. You know, as I listen to the stats, this, this is really a great discussion, Jesse. And I, um, as I listen to the stats about the increase in outreach, the decrease in response, you know, the, the word I hear is noise. There's a lot of yeah. noise, right? It's like static noise. And the, you know, one of the things that, that we've been working with the, the people in the intensive the participants in the intensive on is really understanding how to break through that noise with value proposition that resonates with your buyers. And, and so what, what we're talking about is the fundamental belief that buyers don't buy products, they buy the outcomes those products and services deliver, problems they solve, uh, uh, things, goals they help clients, prospects achieve. And uh, so I, you know, I think, yes, we've got to be uh, content sharers, we've got to be content creators. I think, first of all, um, sales professionals right now need to be content consumers in, in the sense of reading, paying attention, watching yeah. for ideas that can be helpful to their clients and, and then taking that and whether that's a quick video or a LinkedIn post or a blog article or, or I mean, whatever it is being, you know, the, the reality is we're all on stage right now. And, and if, you know, Larry talks about the empty suit, well, guess what? If you don't have ideas to share and something to bring to the table, you're an empty suit and people are right. going to sniff that out. So I think I, I'm, you know, I think reps need to be not just, you know, cons uh, just sharing the content. I think we got to actually be reading it <laughs> and actually be paying attention and going, okay, what can I do with that to deliver some insight that's going to be valuable to my clients? I'm, I see that as the missing link. I'm curious what you see out there. Cause just a, just an article share of blah, blah, blah is, is noise without some context, context and insight. Yeah, I mean, you can never know enough about your client and their industry. And I, I fully agree with being a student of your client and their industry and sharing those ideas and consuming, you know, that information. I mean, really good salespeople are they're problem finders just as much as they're problem solvers. And and often yes. you can't find problems to your point, Daryl, unless you're consuming information to know what the heck is going on in respective industries. Um, and, and that's a that's a daily, weekly, ongoing curiosity. And, um, you know, if, if you're a salesperson, you're not curious and you're not um, essentially just a voracious, a voracious reader of information um, in general about business and specifically your client and, and where they play. You're at a disadvantage um, because mm -hmm. you've got to be able to have that knowledgeable conversation, and like you said, you you gotta you gotta um, you gotta know it almost better than they do. Yeah, I think the empty suit syndrome is alive and well, and this is a time 
where we really do have to do some heavy lifting and pay attention and bring some ideas to the table. Right, Larry? Yeah. You, you know, especially I want to, I want to touch on a couple things um, that Jesse had brought up again around video. And I think this is, I see it, Jesse, I know you see it, Daryl, you see it out there is this is the things that, that salespeople struggle with mightily. Because um, I, I like how you use, you know, actors and actresses in essence in this past year. And I would submit even moving forward mm -hmm. from here until eternity, we're going to have to figure out how to leverage the best of both worlds. Right. So, you know, I, I love talking about the empty suit. Well, guess what? And, you know, now in the world that we live in today, it gets exposed at rapid rates yep. and you're not bringing the goods to the table. And even more so when you do shoot a video that has absolutely nothing to say other than it's just a pontification platform. Right. So, you know, what are some of the things that that you see that you've seen on your sales team that how people are leveraging video to their advantage to cut through the noise and capture the attention of the buyer? Yeah, so it's it's a couple of things there. So I, I think first and foremost, to your point, the video has got to grab someone sort of through the screen with some type of insider information that maybe they haven't seen before that will that will essentially highlight, you know, I, I got to watch this. Um, mm -hmm. Similar to how, you know, a good commercial on TV will grab you and say, wow, you know, I, I need to engage with this. So, so that, that kind of punch you in the mouth, grab their attention thing through some type of insight or, or information, I think is paramount. The other thing is, quite frankly, it's, it's this sort of behind the scenes play that I think sales teams um, can be leveraging and should be leveraging. And there's a lot of tools in which, you know, they, they can sort of, they all do the same thing. But in essence, it's leveraging that video content whether it's a 30 second insight sharing piece of information with a request for a meeting, or maybe it's a more detailed three minute sort of review of a deck or maybe some additional insights, but getting that information in video format with some type of link that enables the seller and the team that's working on that engagement to track the content, to see how it's being engaged with, Mm -hmm. by the recipient, as well as the other folks who the recipient might actually forward it over to. So then the seller who's actually, you know, doing the sending of the content can say, hey, wait a second, we sent this to what we thought was our economic buyer, that director of marketing at company ABC. But since we send it in this uh, software, and oh, by the way, we've seen that they forwarded over to four other people who we've never had a conversation with, they're probably part of our buying committee. We wouldn't have known that unless one, we sent the video and two, we had a listing mechanism to see what happened to that video once we sent it. Yeah, it's so powerful. And it, this is, uh, you know, this is the time. And um, Jesse, this this has been such a great conversation. I want to talk briefly about your book. We're going to have to have you back. <laughs> there's so much gold in this book about the core uh, core philosophy of selling from the heart around authenticity and relationships and all of that. So we've talked, I, I really want to uh, recommend everybody get Jesse's book, carry that quota, but um, this has been really, really practical and powerful right now. And I think this is a good, you know, this one year anniversary is a good moment for us to have a little bit of a reevaluation of ourselves in terms of, of what we're doing in the, in this virtual and shifting um, environment. So 
What a great conversation. Hey, um, tell us, just give us, give us a little bit. How, how did this come about? How did this book come about? And uh, like, cause this is really good stuff. Um, I mean, writing a book, you're talking about writing blog articles. You actually put together a book. <laughs> Congratulations. It's hard work. Uh, yeah, what's, what's the heart and vision behind this? And I'd uh, love to get this in everybody's hands. Yeah, I know. Appreciate it. Thank you both again for having me on the show. But the you know, book is really simple. Um, you know, I, I was having dinner with a customer uh, about six and a half years ago. At the time, I was working overseas for LinkedIn, and I was in uh, I was living in Australia. But we had a conversation. It was in New Zealand, and uh, we had a, a long discussion about legacy and the idea of doing things that were going to be around when you know, you weren't, and the next generation was going to take those on. Mm -hmm. And um, this customer really challenged me to think uh, more about how I could do something actionable um, and, and, and help, you know, you know, people currently that I work with, uh, as well as people that, you know, in the future. And um, long story short, five and a half plus years, uh, early mornings, nights, weekends, um, you know, put this thing together and, um, you know, it, it's written in a very direct, candid form. It's by a salesperson for a salesperson. So somebody who's still in seat, carrying a quota, providing tips and ideas and concepts um, in order to help sales professionals around the world get better at the craft. Beautiful. And, and that's it. Wow, Jesse, that's awesome. And I just want to say a huge thank you for sharing time with us today. You are a true kindred spirit and song from the heart champion. It's, uh, it's just been a blast hanging out. Thank, thank you both for having me and have a good rest of the afternoon. No, thank awesome. you. We appreciate awesome. it. Larry, uh, wow. another great conversation today. I was just, you know, I love the concept of legacy, what Jesse was talking about at the end. And I think that is actually a great um, tie together for all that we've talked about. Also, I think it's funny that, uh, that Jesse got his uh, inspiration for legacy in New Zealand. Mine happened at Darling Harbor in Sydney over there <laughs> one night about five or six and, years ago and, with and, an older mentor. And, and, and mine happened on a car ride in the, from the from one place to another in the Midwest. So, well, there you go. I think ours were a little more exciting there than you uh, your drive through Texas. But hey, you know what? <laughs> this is this is the a great summary of all of this to ask ourselves a question: like, what legacy do we want to leave? Uh, and that that goes back to the beginning of this conversation with the reality that wherever you are in your sales career, whether you just started last week or you've been doing this for you know four decades. The relationships that we build, the value that we add along the way is cumulative. It, it, uh, it's, it's valuable. You know, as you say, Larry, your network is your net worth. And that, that body of relationships and trust that you build along the way is uh, really, at the end of the day, it's the one thing that as a sales professional, you're going you're gonna to rely on for your whole career. So what are you doing today to invest in that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as we leave our listeners, you know, something to think about, there was something that Jesse had said in the, at the very end of this, that somebody had challenged him. Right. I, and, and, and I specifically keyed in on that word because Jesse was challenged to the core to write a book and it was a five and a half year journey. That's so right. I would, what I would challenge our sales, the sales professionals and the leaders who are listening to this podcast is I'm going to challenge you and Daryl Wool as well is to incorporate some of what Jesse shared with it, especially around video, because how are you going to cut through the noise today moving forward? How are you going to capture the attention of people when 
outbound has skyrocketed, but the engagement on that has decreased. How are you going to capture the attention? I'll submit to you. Here's the challenge. Leverage video and share insight, share ideas of what you bring to the table. Perfect, Larry. And a huge thank you to everybody. Thank you to everyone in the podcast who's leaving reviews on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you listen to the podcast. If you haven't left a review, would you do us a favor? At the end, just leave us a couple sentences and a, a, a review. That helps us spread the word. Thanks to our friends at Bomb Bomb for all you do to help us rehumanize business. And until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, invest in your legacy, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.